Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. I'm Jess Stolnecker, Executive Director, um, and I'm with Amy Carroza, our second vice president. Um, we're so happy to have her here um, earlier this week. If you're in our Facebook group, you may have seen earlier this week. I know a lot of things come through our Facebook group. We don't really um, you know, we let anyone post in there, um, as long as it's pertinent to what we do and what we're concerned with. Um, but, uh, Amy came across an article that she shared and, um, it was titled Biden expands Obamacare for mental health services at schools to psychoanalyze children zero to 21. And then the subheadline, if that's not bad enough, the subheadline <laughs> was warning your neighborhood school is being set up as a school-based clinic to bill Medicaid so that children can be psychoanalyzed for health and mental health services at school. We've talked about this um, in the past, this like idea of school-based health care centers. Um, we can kind of see this all coming to fruition. And um, we're going to link this article in the show notes. And Amy and I both recommend that you take some time and you read it. There are a lot of sources too within, right, Amy? That like links. Yes, lots of links, and she backs everything up with sources. You can just Google things. I spent a, a number of time downloading some of the additional links. They're lengthy. They're like some of them are 185 pages. So even this um, article was 11 pages printed out. But if you get all of the supporting documentation, you have quite a, a number of, of pages to to review, but um, all of the links are in embedded in the article. So I recommend you like get the electronic version of it if you can. For sure. Take some time. We're going to share it, like I said, in this in the show notes, but take some time and really kind of get smart on this. That'll be one of our recommendations at the end. So at first glance, we were definitely concerned with the headline um, as we started <laughs> reading, digging deeper. And like you said, clicking on some of the links inside the article, it became more and more alarming. So we really did feel like it was pertinent to share here on our podcast. <laughs> Like we said, we definitely think that it's important that you click on those links, you read the article for yourself. But today we just want to highlight some of the major points of concern, help you connect some of the dots that we've connected. And then we're going to share some strategies for parents to protect their children. And also we always try to end with some encouragement. Um, so, you know, I want to just stress too, before we get started, Amy, that you and I are not Medicaid or mental health experts. We certainly are not um, disputing the fact that there are mental health issues in the school age population. Um, that is not what we're disputing. We're not disputing that students need extra support. We're not disputing any of that, but we have seen a lot. We've done thousands of hours of research and we're starting to see an entire picture, which is scary. Um, and so, you know, we, you as a listener may even be more well-versed than we are in some of these topics. Um, but we're always aiming to kind of bring these agendas to light and hope you do your own research and just help you to act in a way that is going to be beneficial for your family. So, um, let's just get started and talk a little bit about the basics here. Let's start with this whole idea of Medicaid funding in schools. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of leave it to you, Amy, to, to, explain this. Yeah. 
Thanks, Jess. And and just like Jess said, if we would love if there are listeners out there that have a better understanding of sort of how Medicaid funding works, or you know the mental health coding um, that is done when you when you have um, tiered support systems in schools, like. People need to ask questions, and and we know that we do not know a lot of what goes on. We're just taking the information that we have and trying to put it in so that we can understand what's going on. But we know there's a lot more questions, and we want to hear from you. If you have the answers to some of these, or if you know more information, please please come out and, and let us know. We're just trying to get the information out for people to understand that there is something definitely that's happening with this mental health push in schools. And a lot of it is related to um, getting extra money for the schools and for more um, tracking and data collection from the, the federal government on our children. Which is so, part of the bigger agenda, which is that scary thing that we've started to talk about. And again, you can do your deep dive our eyes are open to this, so we're, we'll allude to some of it, but that's something that you, you know, need to get smart on as well. So, exactly. um, so yeah, so Medicaid funding I, I, has been around for a while in schools. I, I, I think it, it started, it seems like if you go to this article, it was released in 2015 that, and everybody remembers that every student succeeds act I, that brought about a way for schools to get reimbursed for some special services that might be needed for, I mean, we all know that there are students out there with disabilities that need extra services and every child in America is allowed a free and public education regardless of any of their disabilities or needs. So it was looked at as a way for schools to get some of their money back if they have to provide extra services for those students that need it. So there was always Medicaid funding in schools. And, um, but what's happening now is that um, mental health and behavioral health is allowed or is considered a disability able to be funded through Medicaid. So that's sort of like where we're going when we say Medicaid is being expanded. It was always there for the students that needed special support, but now with even more so with COVID and the ESSER relief, every student now is sort of able to be looked at as needing um, intervention in mental health. Yeah, so, so um, just to kind of expand on that, um, when we talk about something like Title I, Okay. So Amy brought this up to me earlier and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm familiar with title one. You know, I, again, I was an educator for 18 years. <clears throat> I left in 2019. Um, uh, I left the public school system, but I know that my son who doesn't require an IEP or a 504, you know, but after kindergarten being virtual through COVID, he did require some Title I support. And so Title I, just so everybody knows, <clears throat> is a 100% federally funded supplemental education that provide or program that uh, provides financial assistance to the local schools to improve educational opportunities for educationally deprived children. So at one point, that meant um, 
economically deprived. And now because of COVID and because of all of that learning loss due to virtual school and all of those things, now like every school can be considered a Title I school. Every school is eligible for Title I funding. If you know any different and we're speaking wrong on this, like, please, if you're a listener, like, let us know. But that's the way I understand it because I know my own child received that support and he needed it. And that faith value, that sounds great. Like I know he needed extra educational support, but what you said is the concern is now every child is in that system and can be tiered as like a tier one mental health issue. Yes. It goes back to the ESSER documents, which are on our website. If schools, and we know every school accepted ESSER COVID relief money, in that it is talks about the universal tiering of students because COVID in itself is before with tiering, there used to be a handful of students, they might not have an IEP or a 504, but they needed some additional support for, you know, maybe a little extra time on a test or their desk should be closer to the teacher so that they don't get distracted by, you know, the windows in the back or something like that. Those are the types of interventions that were always available for a handful of students. With COVID, we, and you've probably heard the term trauma-informed approach. COVID now can be considered a trauma to every student. So every student is universally tiered at level one, whereas before only a, a number of students were. But now we have universal screening, universal screening, and you will see universal screening screening in like the apps such as Rhythm. We, we talked about Rhythm before, but that was a universal screening app. Also, um, there's already in place like the PBIS, the Positive Behavior Intervention su- Interventions and Support, and the multi-tiered support services. That Those are already in place, and those are now for every student. So COVID sort of allowed for every student to be considered Title I because it used to be, I think the school had to have 40% free and reduced lunch. Well, that got lowered to 0% so that every student, in the name of equity again too, every student can be considered Title I and every student is like universally screened now for mental health. So this is where we're seeing Medicaid, the chance for Medicaid funding to explode, not just for the students that are on IEPs and 504s, but literally every student can has an opportunity or possibility the school has to bill Medicaid for any service on any student. So that almost seems like an incentive Exactly. To code every student, because if you know you're going to be reimbursed by Medicaid as a school district and you want as much funding as possible, you're literally looking for anything to bill Medicaid for with any student. Okay. So um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because this is very like kind of timely, is that schools essentially can become a medical provider and bill Medicaid for reimbursement by getting a hospitalization license. So the credit, like the precursor to all this is that they have to get a hospitalization license. And you realized that on the agenda for your school board meeting, you saw it. Yes. After I read, right. After I read this article that's by this Anita, I think, however you say her last name, Hogue or Hogue Hodge, um, that in order to have these Medicaid 
uh, reimbursements expanded, your school has to be considered um, either like a school-based health clinic or um, you partner with the community clinics. And in order to do that, you have to be given a hospitalization license. But just this year, in March of 2023, the Biden-Harris administration expanded Medicaid to allow easier it, it uh, for allow it to be easier for schools to get this hospitalization licensure. And it must not be too difficult because I literally, in just this past week's um, agenda for September 13th meeting, I have on here approved the agreement between the Luzerne Intermediate Unit and Wyoming Valley West School District for partial hospitalization therapeutic services for the 2023-2024 school year. So I know that Valley West was considered a Title I. Now it sounds like every school might be a, a Title I, but it looks to me that now they are through the IU being given a hospitalization therapeutic services license. So that means they're billing Medicaid for probably the behavioral health and, and mental health services. Yeah. And we so, also know we also know that the Pennsylvania school or the Pennsylvania budget, state budget hasn't been finalized yet, but we know that they're part part of the reason it hasn't is funding having to do with mental health. So I'm starting to believe that things such as um, that digital mental health app, additional uh, money for behavioral health specialists, that might be in the budget um, like through a Medicaid expansion for our like district schools. So almost it would be like almost disguised. Like we're not, you know, we're not funding right. food but you can bill Medicaid for Cooth services. And so, exactly. yeah, these are all types of things that like, again, we're just trying to kind of make you aware of. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that's really big, um, we know, and this is a danger, is that in the Medicare or the Medicaid agenda, that gender affirming care is big. And that, again, in March of 2023, the White House sent out an executive order to reduce the administrative burden on schools and totally removed parental consent. So we've got that. I mean, that's a huge red flag. And, you know, as we have this push for the removal of parental consent and gender affirming care and this idea that Medicaid is going to expand in our schools, we can only assume that this gender affirmation situation is going to get bigger too. Yeah, uh, and we know we know uh, the state of Pennsylvania, the age of consent is just 14 for mental health services. So we know that if your child is 14 or over, they're able to access mental health care in their school without your knowledge. And now knowing that there's the push for any gender um, identity policies, any gender discussions, uh, the schools are encouraged. And in fact, not only through the, the Biden executive order, but there is also the school superintendents association is also recommending no parental consent um, in regards to any type of gender identity um, and gender affirming care being done at school. So just be aware of that as well. We know where that is going. Um, so, you know, that is like really the very basics of this article. Um, but I kind of wanted to just quickly connect the dots for everyone. So what do you think, Amy, could be like, what are the dangers of tearing our kids 
by mental health disorder, yeah. like, you know, whatever they call it, like a mental health tier, like what, what are the dangers of that? Um, well, first of all, I think we have to think, um, logically, like most people would say that schools are there to educate children. And when you throw in mental health, um, like guidelines or mental health goalposts, you're like, well, who's determining these goalposts and who's determining what, where they, a student has to be met on the mental health spectrum. Right. I don't think it should be teachers. I think teachers are, 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 are never went into teaching to be mental health specialists. So when you're asking teachers to study and observe kids in their class and, and put them in, in, you know, some kind of tiering system, or even if it's just to say like, they're following the rules, they're doing everything right. Like, is that what the teachers are, are, are there for? I, I think you could run into issues with, depending on who the teacher is, children could be targeted. Um, it, it just, it, it, mental health, in my opinion, should be left for mental health experts. And I don't think um, the education system should be diving into mental health. The thing that teachers and the administration and school boards don't understand is when you're talking about putting a late, when you're coding for Medicaid, you have to um, put a an actual disorder, like a, a code for what you're billing them for. Mm -hmm. These are diagnostic and statistical mental health disorder codes that are going to be on your child's permanent student record. Once you have a DSM label on your permanent record, I don't know of a way that you can get it removed. And maybe somebody, maybe someone can inform us. I mean, but that I'm, can affect everything. That can affect the ability yeah. to get a driver's license. It can affect the ability to purchase, you know, a, a, a handgun, you know, for your own protection later on in life. It could affect your entrance into college or your ability to get a job. Um, and maybe even down the line even further, your ESG score, your ability to access your bank account, like all of those things. And I know that, again, it sounds like we're like snowballing this into something bigger and bigger, but like, that's the foundation of all of this stuff, right? So that's, yeah, that's the concern is that we, the, the foundation, the framework is already in place for a social credit scoring system to follow our child. Basically, I mean, we, we're even seeing um, preschools are getting these these interventions, and um, we know, like from other documents that have been out there, womb to tomb, and and the whole child approach, like it's the medicalization of schools, and it is a it we already have the framework in place for our kids to be scored on their behaviors, their attitudes, things that have nothing to do with how well they're doing in in math or English. So um, that that is where the concern is. I don't I don't believe that you can purchase a gun if you have a mental health disorder. I don't know if there are certain ones or if it's just any DSM code. But but I don't think people realize that when you allow your child to have mental health um, evaluations or surveys or that what you're really agreeing to long term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just want to speak from a teacher perspective. Again, I was in public education for almost 20 years. I know I did not go into education to become a Medicaid coder. 
Like I did not do that. Like I did not go into education to identify, you know, mental health disorders. And so I think that that unfortunately is going to um, take a lot of really good teachers out of the profession, which is sad. Um, And so I just wanted to stick that in there because uh, I, I think, you know, we need to start informing teachers too. If you're somebody that's listening to this and you have friends that are teachers, like you need to share this with them because they need to know the direction. I know again, from being in the system where you show up for in-service on day one and it's like, okay, these are all the things that PD are shoving down our throats this year. So, you know, be ready. And it's almost like you just sit there kind of numb, like, all right, whatever, mm-hmm. like, how, you know, whatever. But again, I, I think that's why we got so far down the road with all of this is because nobody's asking questions right. until it's like, really? Like, this is crazy, you know? So um, I, that's kind of where we are with this whole like gender identity and gender affirming stuff. Like, you know, like the teachers weren't asking questions until it was like, you can't tell your your student's parent if they want to be called Jake instead of Jane. Like, you know, you like, those are the types of things that like are kind of alarming. And it it took time to get there though. And it wasn't until they were alarmed that they, you know, that they, it was too late. So that's why I think it's important to like start sharing this now. Um, Again, it's already moving a thousand miles an hour. It's a train moving a thousand miles an hour down a track, but I really think we can slow it down. We definitely can. And we, and we have, as far as that universal screening app rhythm, um, citizens advisory was huge in getting the word out about it. And I really don't know of, I know our school had it, but they're no longer using it. And I think the same thing happened in Crestwood. So I really think that, um, that if that had been allowed to, to grow and flourish, there would have been a number of students that it would have been flagged for additional interventions through that. And, um, we, so we potentially, you know, have slowed some of this down. I do want to also bring up when you're talking about Medicaid funding, that's like state and federal funded. So if we're going to have an explosion of children that are suddenly um, getting coded with mental mental health disorders or behavioral um, disorders, our our Medicaid costs are going to go through the roof, and that means our taxes are going to increase. And how many times have we heard at school board meetings, well, we have to increase taxes because our special education funding came in more, you know, than we budgeted for? Well, we're just going to see that expanding state and federal level. So now your local taxes, your state taxes, and your federal taxes are going to explode because of this additional Medicaid funding. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like you said, Amy, we got rhythm out of, we also stopped it at Hazleton. Hazleton, right. remember? Right. Um, Crestwood, Wyoming Valley. Like, so we we got that app out of many of the school districts locally. And we're doing the same thing with Cooth. You know, I, Citizens Advisory is leading the charge against, um, you know, the digital um, mental health platform called Cooth. We did an episode on it. Go check it out. Episode four. Um, and, and that's kind of the same thing where they're allowed to collect your child's data. Your, your child is definitely like, you know, identified or, or coded as a, um, a mental health disorder or something going on with mental health. So again, something to, to be aware of. Um, I just want to say as a parent, cause you know, we always end with some advice, some encouragement to parents. As a parent, I mean, you know, obviously everyone's like, get your kids out of the public school system. And that's an easy thing to say, you know, but everybody, we understand it. Like maybe you already did hit your breaking point. Maybe you've already pulled your kids from public school. Like we support that a hundred percent. 
Um, you know, I haven't hit my breaking point yet, but I'm sure it's coming at some point. Um, but we all have different circumstances that make it hard sometimes to be able to just, just pull your kids. We also know that Pennsylvania is going after some of the homeschool laws. So like they're making it harder and harder to homeschool. And we can just venture to guess that this is probably why they want every kid in the system. Um, so our suggestion is if you have to keep your kid in public school, at the very least, go to our website, download the opt-out form, the parental opt-out form, get your child opted out of any and all surveys. Don't consent to private information being collected regarding your child and certainly opt out of any mental health screening by the school. Okay. And this is something too that, um, that pays survey. Um, we, I think somebody posted about that in our Facebook page. Um, that's going to be administered. That's that's something where they ask some pretty um, private, pretty uh, invasive questions to relatively young students. Um, it's being it's it will be administered across the the state to grades six, eight, ten, and twelve. Opt out of it. If you didn't hand in your parental opt out, simply send the school an email. I'm opting my child out of this survey. It's the Pays survey, P A Y S. And then finally. Um, you know, we, we definitely think you need to get smart on this and we're just reiterating, read the article we're referencing, read from womb to tomb. Amy is the one who, um, who shared that article with me and we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to that one too. And I'm actually going to email the author of that and see if we can maybe even get her as some sort of a guest speaker, or maybe she'll become a guest on the podcast. Who knows? Um, I would love to speak with her. And then finally, Um, if you think that this is bigger than you as an individual, I mean, Amy and I, when we research this stuff, like we get chills, like we're like, oh my gosh, like that we don't know, or like, how are we ever going to stop this? Like, if you think it's bigger than you as an individual, it actually is, it is. And so we really do need to rally to inform other parents, to inform teachers, counselors, administrators, like there are normal people in our society that would not be for this. But like I said, a lot of times their faces are sort of glazed over with like the new regulations and whatever. They're just doing it because it's their job, right? Please get this word out, share this podcast. And this is why our organization exists. Um, And just to put a little plug, a shameless plug, our membership is now open and there's no better time to become a member um, of Citizens Advisory Pennsylvania. We are continually researching stuff like this. We are working to stop these agendas from moving forward full steam ahead. We know this is a, a train moving a thousand miles an hour, but we are we're slowing it down. We're putting some bumps in the road. And so um, you can go to our website, citizensadvisorypa.com and click become a member today. Um, Amy, thank you for all of your input today. This was fun. Um, We're going to continue to do our homework on all this. We hope you do too. A reminder that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, um, Citizens Advisory of PA. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast with other concerned parents and citizens. Um, also a reminder that we're available wherever all of the major podcast um, podcast platforms, you know, wherever you get your podcast. So Spotify, Apple, um, you, app, uh, Amazon Music. Um, so like, share, subscribe, leave us a, a good review if you want to, if you're enjoying these. And um, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye.